Welcome to this podcast, recorded live at the Junction Church, Aberdeen. We pray this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, you can connect with us at www.thejunctionchurch.com. So I want to speak about um, eating gammon for breakfast. No, wait, mammon, not gammon, mammon. We're going to have mammon for breakfast, not... Not gammon. We can we can have gammon anytime. But we're speaking about we're, this is our Zoe uh, series. Uh, it's it's about living the blessed life. It's about living the life that God wants us to live in all of its fullness. And and uh, we've been touching on, on things which take a hold of us and constrain us from the the very aspects of um, of who we are called to be and. And, and there is a life to live in the kingdom of God. And in that life, we often find ourselves feeling a little constrained. You know there's a little bit more than what you're living in. Uh, and much of what we're living in is, a, uh, is, is simply the restriction. <laughs> Bless. Thank you, Jesus. She's gone. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. She, they, they love me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there is a life that we are called to live, and it is a life of the flow of the Holy Spirit. Now, I have to, I have to step back and go. Like in church, it's it's a little bit too easy. To just say there's a this spiritual life, it's, it's a life of amazing miracles of power and, and this kind of spiritual utopia that we're all sort of aiming for. It doesn't really work like that, does it? I mean, let's be real. Even when it's really good, there's always some rubbish there somewhere, right? Because that's life, right? That's life. But isn't it good that we can live in the fullness Knowing that we're living in his fullness, knowing that all of the rubbish that comes around us, that our heart is dealing with it in a place of faith. And when your faith is working in your heart, there's a flow and it enables us to contain and constrain those aspects of the, and and kind of really just, hold the enemy back, hold the circumstances, the challenges back that we're able to pursue that call of God upon our lives. Um, the spirit of mammon is a, is, a, uh, is a subject which we don't really talk about much. In fact, I can't think of a time in 23 years. Um, in fact, I've been preaching since I was... 18, and I'm 53 now, so I can't think of a single, single time I've ever preached on this, right? Um, and because it's like, it's just, it's weird, <laughs> isn't it? It's weird. It's like, mammon, were well, you going to preach on the spirit of mammon? What are you going to, you're going to start saying that money's bad, and, or are you going to say that we should have lots of money? Uh, which, which way are you going to go? You know, I spoke last week. This is what I spoke last week. I said there is a poverty 
message which is wrong and the poverty message says that wealth is 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 not right that's it's a poverty mindset and then there is a and they're wrong and then there's a a wealth perspective a a which says that money is good and and they're wrong too because money isn't good or bad it's not anything that which is good or bad only sits in the heart of man and how we live and what we live and what we do with what we've got is is what becomes good or bad but but wealth and those things are not but mammon has great power influence the spirit of man has great power and influence over our lives and and uh so I want to speak to you. Let's go through Luke 16. And, and I'm going to, as I'm going through this message, I'm going to throw out some side notes, which I need you to, to hold up as stick it notes and stick them in your brain and, and have them in your thought while I'm speaking. Is that all right? Yeah. Uh, because sometimes you have to say something you need for qualification and other scriptures sitting alongside to help give it context. Yeah. All right? Because sure. all of this stuff needs context Otherwise, you go astray. So here it says in Luke 16, verse 9. And um, Jesus, uh, Jesus is speaking. And he says, and I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous manner, that when you fail, that you may receive, that they may receive you into an everlasting home. That's just weird for a start, right? <laughs> Isn't that a weird scripture? We'll explain it in a minute. All right. Let me read this from here because uh, my cut and paste hasn't worked well. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous manner, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Verse 10. And he who is faithful in what is least is also faithful in also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is... Don't do it too quick. Is... <laughs> is also what is least is unjust also in much verse 11 quicker and therefore (laughs) therefore if you have not been faithful in unrighteous in the unrighteous mammon who will commit to your trust the true riches verse 12 and if you have not been faithful in what is another man's who will give you what is your own verse 13 no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other you cannot serve God and mammon now first off I want to uh I'm gonna right I'm gonna throw out last year we set forth at the end of last year we set forth some scriptures which we have determined and set within our heart that we would lift up above and beyond anything else. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. All right? We set that forth as, as the, the underlying value or principle of who we are as a church. That we first love God with everything. And if we love God with everything, we love our neighbor as we are loving God, we love our neighbor as well. Because the two of those values, you can't say you love God if you don't love your neighbor. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can't say you love God and you're, you're just having a go at your neighbor. You're not loving your neighbor. And so that is our 
core value, right? And I believe that the Lord wants to restore to the church the fundamental values of what it means to love him with everything. Be sold out to God with everything you have. Just to be sold out in that, that passionate, old-fashioned way of living, not trying to live this millennial lifestyle, but living a lifestyle that is just sold out for the kingdom of God and sold out because you love him, like you fall in love. If you've ever fallen in love, your life gets everything works towards the person you've fallen in love with. And, and that, they, they ruin everything else. <laughs> it's like, there's lots of things you could be doing, but you can't now because you fell in love. <laughs> and, and now you've fallen in love. You, you have to make a choice. It's that or the person you love. And so you give up things, not because those things are either good or bad, but because you love someone and the person you love means the life you're going to live together is of more importance and value than any other life you could live. Yeah. All right? So we've fallen in love with the Lord because he loved us. So the life we live with him, there's lots of lives we could live. There's lots of things we could do. And they're not good or bad. They're just living. But there is a life of living toward the Lord, which is more important because he loved us first. So we must love him. And if we love him, then we must love everyone else. It changes everything about us. It it changes the fundamentals. That's a sticky note for your brain right there. Because now I'm going to get back to mammon. Mammon, the word mammon comes um, from, it's an Aramaic word, but it, it comes from the Syrian god of, uh, of riches and wealth. It actually comes from Babylon um, and, and Babel. You know, Babylon is the, sort of the center of the Tower of Babel. That's where the whole sort of thing started. And, and Babylon means the spirit of confusion um, and in the spirit of confusion, there was a pride and arrogance. So mammon isn't about, mammon doesn't mean money. It means an arrogant riches. It, the spirit of mammon is about the, the arrogance of wealth and riches. It basically means that everything that we own or have, we can, we can have that and we don't need God. Right, so we can we can live for like if we have wealth, then we don't need God, and and Mammon becomes our God that saves us. Are you with me here? So it's the spirit of Mammon. It Mammon replaces God, just like in Babylon they they wanted to replace God with them. Selves and say, we, is there anything, there's nothing that we can't be held back from. We can do anything we like. We can become like God. We are the gods of our own life. And, and they became their own salvation. And so mammon is an antichrist spirit because what it does is it replaces your dependency on the Lord. All right? Now, What we have to understand is that what I spoke about last week, I said that um, we were talking about tithes and offerings and and putting the Lord first. And and I was speaking about how it is very much an important issue of your own heart. It's not an issue of law because 
None of the issues of the law. By the way, there's not. I just need to ascertain that the Old Testament doesn't apply to us. It does, but it doesn't. You understand me here? It's, the Old Testament is very important because it gives the New Testament context, value, and authority. All right? But it, the, the law of the Old Testament, I mean, you, we're not under the law. We don't have to sacrifice lambs. Right? Anymore, there's lots of things. So, so tithing is an issue of the heart, not an issue of the law. So it's about your worship to the law. And so that's to do with you. And some, I grew up in church where it was very much, a, if, you, if you don't tithe, then you're, um, you're going to die. And... Uh, <laughs> It's just terrible. It's like, <laughs> and you're cursed. And some people teach you cursed. It's not. You're not cursed. You're just not. If you, if you're, it's your heart. It's about being blessed by the Lord, right? Living in that place of covenant blessing. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that today. I spoke about how why wealth or money is important, and why and why it's important for the church to talk about money because the the money you have, right? You went to work last week. You worked, let's say you went to work and you worked 40 hours. Let's say, for argument's sake, you earned 10 pounds an hour. It's not a great wage, but there's a lot of people in here that would like 10 pounds an hour. So, for their benefit, we're going to say you earned 10 pounds an hour, right? And for 10 pounds an hour, you earned 10 pounds an hour and you worked for 40 hours, so you earned 400 pounds. So, that 400 pounds is a is uh, the employer saying the value of your life lived and your contribution given is worth 400 pounds. So in your hand, in cash, is 400 pounds, right? It's not it's in your bank because no one gets cash anymore. So you've got 400 pounds in cash and that equals 40 hours of life lived and contribution given, right? Mammon is, the word mammon literally means wealth personified, right? Wealth personified. Now, the spirit of mammon is wealth saying, wealth personified can save me. It becomes my God. (laughs) It's the spirit of man complaining. <laughs> so, so, so that's wealth personified, right? So you, it is the personification of your wealth. It's the person of your wealth. Right, now, when David, let me give you an example. When David came to worship the Lord, uh, he was offered a vineyard and He said, I will not receive this vineyard, but I will pay for it because I will not make an offering to the Lord that didn't cost me anything. Because it's his wealth is personified. Therefore, if it's not personified, if it didn't cost him anything, it wasn't worship. If it didn't come from him, it wasn't worship. Which is why the Lord must have our money as much as he must have our worship, our, our words. Because what are your words? It would be like, it'd be like saying, Cheryl, I love you. You're the most beautiful woman in all the world. No, you can't have any money to buy anything. 
I thought you said you loved me. Yeah, I do, but love is, it's not money, is it? Not money. Yeah, well, if it's... If you're not giving the personification of your values, then... Mm. <laughs> Here's the thing. See, the Lord needs us to understand why this is so important. See, the spirit of mammon is an arrogant, prideful spirit. It says that we don't need God if we have riches. Now, look, I want you to see this. Um, I want, because what I want you to do is I want you to get power and authority over wealth, all right, and understand its power and understand that we are actually here all wealthy. One of the things that I think irritates me is the poverty-minded, the poverty-speak of this country because I don't know any poor people here. I know lots of poor people. No, you don't. You haven't been in India. I've walked in Ukraine, watched a man sell three mouldy carrots because communism had failed and capitalism had robbed him. And he's sitting on the ground, snot running from his nose because it's freezing. It's at minus 10. He's sitting outside. He's got three mouldy carrots for sale, hoping someone's going to buy them. Don't tell me you're poor. Just don't. Just, just don't. You're, you are blessed, right? You've got a roof over your head. And if you, and if you don't, someone will actually give you one. You, even if you're homeless, at some point you will get a roof over your head. It, it will be provided for you. End of my political broadcast. So, <laughs> so poverty, don't, we, we are not poor right we are blessed beyond any measure that many people in the world just don't know there are people out there who are poor i wish we could sometimes Cheryl and i when people are struggling we just you know what we need to do we just need to put them out there on the mission field and let them work where it's really happening for just a little while so they come back and go thank you jesus so anyway right let me read this to you about about mammon. Let's go to back to. We're going to go to Luke sixteen thirteen, and we're going to work, work backwards. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, no one in this room would say they serve mammon. Everyone in this room would say they serve God, right? Yeah. Now, let's pull back. We said. We love the Lord our God. We, said, we started the year saying we love God with all our heart, soul and mind. But here's the thing. When we go through hard times and we don't have enough provision and people are knocking on the door because you can't pay the bill or you lost a contract or you, you're financially you're having a hard time or you crash the car and you can't afford to get it repaired or there's, there's any number of financial disasters and things we go through. Are you complaining that the Lord has let you down? Because the Bible says 
You can't serve two masters because, look, let me read this to you. You'd be loyal to the one, despise the other. And I've found there's a lot of Christians who are despising the Lord because he hasn't given them enough. In fact, I think we've all been subject to that. God, we didn't realize we were despising him. Oh, I love you. Love you. (laughs) I sang it beautifully on Sunday. And then the bills come in and the struggles hit. God, what have you done? Why haven't you provided? This isn't right. (laughs) And this despising is coming up. Why? Because you believe in mammon and not in God. They are. <laughs> so this is why I haven't preached this message before. I promise not, not to do it for another 10 years, right? <laughs> See, you place your thoughts. Sorry, I'm reading the wrong notes. <laughs> right, here we go. Matthew, Mark chapter 10, 21. This is the man who sell, who come to Jesus, and Jesus said, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And I, I love this in Mark 10, 21. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Wow. I, I love this. Isn't it? You can see this moment. Here's a man, and he's, he's a rich young man, and he comes down and he falls at Jesus' feet. Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? This man's he's, he's got everything right going on, right? Everything is right going on in his life. He's, he's living good. He's a good Jewish boy, but he's realized it's Jesus who's going to give him the answer, not the religious law that was kind of setting him up somewhat. So he knows that Jesus has got something, and he falls in his seat, and Jesus looks at him and loves him. He says, one thing you lack, go your way, sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, take up the cross and follow me. So here's the question. So what was it he lacked that he would gain if he gave up what he already had and followed Christ? Jesus said, one thing you lack, give everything away. And now come back and follow me. So what did he lack that he would gain by doing that? See, we know that he went away heavy hearted. Mark 10, 23 says, And Jesus looked around and said, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. What would he, what did he lack? What he lacked was trust in God. You shall love the Lord your God. Love is trust. Something we, Cheryl and I speak about when we do our marriage seminars, and we we do Love is a promise. Do you? I can't even remember the vows. I've done them thousands of times and suddenly they've gone out of my brain. You, you say your vows and you make a promise. 
And on the basis of that promise, you live the rest of your life. You promise your boss you will go to work and turn up and work on time. And he promises that you will receive an income. Everything works on promise. Even your £10 note that you've got says the governor of the Bank of England promises to give honour this £10 note because it's not actually technically legal currency. There's, that's another thing, right? So it, it's the governor of the Bank of England promising to honour that note to say it's worth £10. Yeah. Hmm. All right? So it's a promise. The, the note is a promise of the value of £10. It's all a, the, the whole world works on promises. Right, And without promises, everything falls apart. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of promises. God's love is a promise that will be fulfilled. And the only way that a promise works is if you trust it. So the man struggled because he realized he trusted riches, but he didn't trust God. He loved to do what was good for the Lord, but he actually didn't trust him because he trusted his bank account. Now, listen, Cheryl and I, we've discovered that the Lord has caused us to challenge this and, and trust. And here's the issue with trust. You've got to constantly relearn to make sure that your trust is centered in him yeah. because your natural man always goes back to your flesh nature. When Cheryl and I were getting married, as many of you know the story, um, six weeks before the wedding, we were in a meeting, and, and the, uh, there was a couple from India um, who was um, wanting to build a church and, and a house, and they were, they were um, just an orphanage. And, uh, and the Lord said to me, give away everything you've saved to get married. Now, six weeks' time, the wedding needs paying for, everything needs to the honeymoon needs paying for, we'd saved for two years to get married. The Lord says, give it away. I said to Cheryl, hmm. <laughs> the Lord says, <laughs> and Cheryl went, and, and then she went away, she cried, and then she went away and she goes, wait, because the interest was paid annually and it was about to be paid in a building society account, and and uh, it was about to, the interest was about to pay. She said, if we wait, bef- just before the offering, just before, we wait before we get the cash out, we'll get the interest too. I'm like, oh, that's my girl. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was banking on that. Anyway, so, so we took all of everything we had and we placed it in the offering and it was the way the Lord was getting us who do you trust? Who do you trust? Now, need you to understand this, right? That's my story. That's what the Lord told me to do. Get your own story. <laughs> Just, yeah, like, like, you know, don't try and use my story as, as, as a rule or law, because it's not, it's not a law. It, it's, yeah. Anyway. I, I have to affirm those because sometimes when it comes to money, people try and put everything in neat little patterns. And um, other people's experiences are not the word of God. They're the expression of the word of God being lived out in their life. Yeah, yeah. Right? So an experience is not God's word. It's the 
it's the fruit of living that word. The word of God must be your foundation to how you live. All right? Is that okay? Now, in Luke 16, verse 13, Jesus kind of, he says, look, no servant can serve two masters. We are often living our life, giving it to a spirit of mammon, an antichrist spirit. You can't serve God And serve mammon. Now, I want you to see this. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. Because we're going to... I'm going to try and wrap this up as quick as I can. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 17 to 18. Paul's speaking to Timothy. And he's trying to get those... Giving Timothy some kind of lessons on how to pass to people. And he's talking about the rich. And his verse seven says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to... <laughs> That's a great... We don't use that word. I'm very haughty. It's not a word we use much now, is it? Nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Turn to someone and say, All things. All things to enjoy. All right? So here's the thing. It's not, wealth is not wrong. It is to be enjoyed. The things of this world are to be enjoyed. Here's the deal. Paul says, I know how to abound. And I know how to be poor. I I know how to do that. In other words, he's enjoying the moment regardless of the circumstance. All right? Why? Because he's trusting in the Lord. He says, let um, he who gives richly to enjoy all, uh, all things to enjoy, let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. So we have to understand, so how do we break the spirit of mammon? Right? How do we break that trust issue because I know right here I am and you're going yeah yeah, that's right that's right but if I came along and took all the money out your bank account and I just said trust the Lord you wouldn't be happy with me right because we know that it's it's personal I Cheryl and I have had to I've said many times we've given away everything we've owned three times house everything we've give, given it away trust the Lord and the Lord has blessed us and we live in that place of trust and dependency that's been our life and our testimony but hear me on this I still freak out I still like wake up in the middle of the night when the big bills come and there isn't money in the bank account why? well because I don't know where it's coming from how do you trust the Lord? And not in riches. How do you have him be your supplier? It's like, listen. I want you to see this. Go verse. Go to verse 9. We're going to get to the weird verse. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous manner. Mammon. <laughs> There's a faux pas. 
I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is also faithful. Who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Now listen. There's part of that translation. The word fail actually word means die, right? It's a sort of an unusual translation. When you die. So let's read this again. I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you die, they, those are the friends you made, may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is also faithful also in much. What is he saying? He's saying, listen. When there's an opportunity to give to an orphanage in India with that unrighteous mammon, that money of the world that you got through the way of the world, and the Lord says, I want it, give it to the Lord because you'll make friends in eternity with those who get saved and touched by the giving because you've empowered the gospel to reach souls that wouldn't have been reached otherwise. You understand me now? So you take, see, this is how you break that trust. I'm going to trust, how am I going to trust the Lord? Because I'm first, I spoke last week first, I'm first going to take and trust the Lord and say, Lord, with what I've got first, I need to live. I I know you want to bless me. I, I know there are good things to live in. But first, I'm going to take that which is of the world. By, Jesus calls it unrighteous man. And I'm going to make it righteous by putting it in places where people can get saved, where where kids can have a home, where we've got our, that orphanage we have in Pakistan, uh, not Pakistan, Bangladesh. We have an orphanage in Bang- Bangladesh. Uh, and, and, and those kids, we're putting it there. There, there are works across the world. Uh, there are works that we need to be doing. There are works on your doorstep. There are works which causes, takes a hold of that which you've got in your pocket and it literally causes the kingdom of God to advance and takes a hold of people's attention and leads them to the kingdom of God. That's how we break our trust issue by forcing ourselves to go, I'm not trusting, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to give to the Lord when I feel like I've got something left over. I'm going to, I'm going to say, Lord, I trust you. Wouldn't it be, I, wouldn't it be wonderful if we, as a church, can just unlock the kingdom in people's hearts and lives by just breaking a spirit of poverty and just going, I'm going to pay for that. I'm going to pay for that. Recently, I had an opportunity to pay for some pastors. In this climate, the oil industry, the climate has made us much poorer than we've ever been. It's amazing. But then I got a request from a man who said, I need to raise a hundred grand to keep some pastors in Malaysia. And I'm asking for 25 pastors. 
was it? It was 4,000. That doesn't add up, does it? Anyway, does it? Okay, 4,000. You want to get 4,000 pounds. Now, we don't have 4,000 pounds we can afford to spare, right? But the kingdom of God, and trust me, listen to me, the kingdom of God is more important than trust the Lord. And I did have 4,000 pounds. So without that 4,000 pounds, those pastors in, in Malaysia would have to go home and they're having an amazing move of God. We don't want them to go home. So I want to put into that so that souls, so one day I get to partner. I'm not doing anything, right? We, we're not doing anything. We're not doing anything in Malaysia. We've done nothing. But come the end of glory, we'll see people born again and saved and they'll go, thank you for what you contributed. And I'm like, how easy does that get? To be a part of something so incredible. How many people will we see saved and set free across this globe? How many people in our own city by just going, you know what, Jesus? It doesn't really matter what my tomorrow says about me. I believe the report of the Lord. I believe that you will supply all my need. And I know that what I have in my hand right now is because of your miracle supernatural provision. And if you're asking for it, you can have it because I know that tomorrow you'll provide again because you always have. Here's the thing, the Lord... He does provide. He does take it. Let me just add a side note here. Proper financial management of your life is also essential. (laughs) Just need you to know that. It's like, oh, we're just going to trust Jesus. I'm going to buy a brand new car. I believe in prosperity. (laughs) Well, you can buy one if you can afford it, right? But... But don't if you can't, right? Unless, of course, there's a budget there. You with me here? There's all good things to enjoy. The financial structure of your life. But we want to live a life that's bigger. See, we have to get hold of the God of mammon. Let's stand up, shall we? We have to get hold, deal with the spirit of mammon. Why? Because... For the Lord to have your whole heart, he has to have your whole life. And to have your whole life, he has to have everything that's a part of you. But here's the beauty. The Lord looks at us when we go, Lord, what what do I need to do? And he looks at us and he loves us. It's It's just one thing you lack. Oh, here we go. I've read the story. One thing you lack. It's a trust issue, isn't it, Jesus? Let let me guess. It's a trust issue. Oh, how did you guess? I read the book. It's like... (laughs) I lack... I've got trust issues, Jesus. I I struggle with trust issues, but I need you to know. Here's here's something I'm going to throw in. I, I didn't prepare this, but... Everything Jesus did, everything that Jesus did, he did 
out of his identity of relationship with his father. He would say, my father, everything, everything he would say, my father says, my father, this is the will of my father. Everything he did was out of identity because he was fully trusting his father. The father looked at his son, Jesus, who was being baptized and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The only thing that Jesus had done had just said, yes, Lord, I will get baptized. He hadn't done anything else. But the father was already pleased with him. Look, the Lord, you turned up and you worshiped and the Lord says, you are my son and my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Set that as a value within your heart that know that the Lord is pleased with you. He loves you. And everything that you do, you can do because you know the Father is with you. Thanks for joining with us. For more information about events, service times and how to connect with us, visit www.thejunctionchurch.com.